we're concluding our series today called All the Feels, and in this series, we've been dealing with our feelings, and uh, uh, touchy-feely, right? right like some of are like, okay, I can't wait for this series to get over with. Like, I need... And uh, I, I, need, I need a new series because uh, we're dealing with uh, kind of our emotions. But I, I really think that's where we live. I, I think that's uh, kind of beneath the surface, and I think it's what makes all the difference. And last week, we talked all about the feelings of inadequacy. And I, I don't know if you had a chance to, to, to watch that or listen to that or you were here, but I, I think we all deal with inadequacy. I think all, we all have feelings on the inside where we're like, man, I wish I was more so that I could do what, what, what I feel like I'm, I'm supposed to do or what I feel like I'm called to do. And... And, and I want to just kind of take that message a step further as I was processing that. This I needed last week's message, as I told you. I deal with that so much. And I think I want to talk about where some of this comes from and kind of how it lives out in our lives. And today I want to talk about the disease to please. <laughs> I want to talk about the approval addictions that we have in our lives to be approved from other people, to, to, to make sure everything we do is pleasing to everybody else around us. It's our disease to please. How many have a disease to please? Are you a little bit of approval addiction in your... Is it okay that I talk about this today? I don't, I don't want to offend anybody. Is it all right that I talk about... Okay, just wanted to make sure that I can talk about the disease to please. I, I think, as a matter of fact, it's one of the biggest idols in our lives, if I could just be honest. Or if I could take it to this, it's one of the biggest idols in my life that I have to consistently put on the altar of God and understand that I can't please everybody. Like, like I can't live my life to please everybody. And I think this is the tension that we face in our world when, it, when we give our lives to Jesus. I know there are people, you're part of this church, that your life is more on fire for God than it's ever been before. And I, I, I just want to encourage you to let you know this is going to be a huge, huge thing that you're going to have to focus and fight and, and continue to lay on the altar of God. And that's, are we going to live our lives to please people or are we going to live it to please God? I think from the earliest, some of my earliest memories that have been in this vein, like trying to please people. I, I, I played sports growing up my whole life and before I'd get up to bat or before I'd get on the court, whatever we were playing, whatever season it was, what would I do? I'd check and see who was in the audience. <laughs> Because, man, I was going to turn it on if, if my dad was in the house or if, or if mom came to watch. You know, it was, it, was, it was, you wanted to please those people or if that pretty girl that I liked, if she was in the audience, that would really make me run faster or whatever. And uh, disease to please, I got thinking about the first uh, ministry job that I ever had. And I was a youth pastor in my home church and, and, and I, was, I was so honored, but at the same time, I was wanting to be impressive. So I'd be the first one to show up, and I'd be the last one to leave. And, 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 and I would just, I, I did a lot of things just because, oh, I wanted people to be impressed. And I, I just that disease to please on the inside, and especially when I preach. Can I just get real, everybody? When I preach, I go home and I say, hey, babe, what would you think about the service today? Wink, wink. And she'll say, oh, the music was great. You know, I got to meet somebody and, and, you know, God was really doing a work in their life. And I'm like, oh, that's great, great, great. Anything else good about the service today? Uh, you, know, you know, and she'll say, anything else good about the service today? And, and what it is, I'm wanting to, her to say, oh, that message, Brandon, that was the greatest message I ever heard. And, and I, I, want, you know, I want her to say, what did you think about the message? And, and she'll say, oh, it was good, it was good. And uh, I say, well, what was your favorite part? about the message. So you say, you know, I want to know everybody's favorite part about the message today. But isn't it true that, that, that our lives, many times we, 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 we put such a focus 
on the opinions of everybody else around us that many times we miss the greatest opinion, that's the opinion of God. So I want to talk today, like walk us through a little bit of of, of how do we know of how we're dealing with this? So in, on, on your notes, in your worship guide, whenever you came in, there are some, are, are some, it's a little bit of a test today. We're going to go take a little bit of a test and to see how much we're dealing with this longing for approval, how much of an approval addiction you have. So, so next to it, uh, each one of these, write a number. If you don't deal with it, write zero. If, you're, if, you, if this is something you really struggle with, write 10. Here's the first one. Signs you are longing for approval in your life. Number one, you worry about what others think. You worry about what others think. Your, your life is consumed by what other people think about you. You post something online and what do you do? 30 minutes later, you can't help but go back and look who liked my photo. Like who, who, who commented on my photo? Oh, they retweeted my tweet. Oh, they, they reposted my picture. Oh, they put a heart emoji. It's my life is great. My life is good. Or we do something publicly and nobody says anything and we think, Oh, my life's terrible. I, I'm, I'm not good looking. There's nothing good about me. And, 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 and let's be real. Many times we ride the roller coaster of emotions based on what other people think about us. Here's the second thing. We're often overly sensitive. We're often overly sensitive that a uh, hundred people can say something positive to us. And I deal with this so bad. I'm just preaching to myself today, Okay. <laughs> hundred people say something positive, and then what happens? One person says one negative thing. And do you know what I remember? Do I remember the hundred good things? Oh, no. Oh, no. Nay, nay. I listen and remember the one thing that someone said negative to me. Just the one thing. Like if someone says, if I hear that someone's upset about me or upset about the church, it eats me on the inside until I can get and talk to that person. Or someone says, I want to talk. And what do I think? I wonder what they want to talk about. I wonder what they want to meet about. What did I do? And, and, and it's, it, it's easy to allow your feelings to be overly sensitive about what everybody else thinks about you. You, you. you walk in a room and you think, everybody's talking about me. Let me help you out. They're not talking about you. 99.99999% of the times they're talking about themselves, right? Because you're, none of us are that important that everybody in the world is talking about us when we walk in the room. But when we're people pleasers, we automatically think, what are people thinking about me? What do they think about how I look? Oh, what a, do, am, am I enough? Do, what do they think about my life? And we, we, we do this. Here's another sign that we're pleasing people is will you compromise your values you compromise your values you get in a relationship with a boyfriend with a girlfriend there's um they pressure you and and you know your value you know your value or your convictions your convictions you you compromise you have a conviction you're going to obey god's word you're going to keep yourself pure you're going to live a life that's holy and honorable and righteous to god but but that relationship that, that, that relationship causes you to compromise. Why? Because you want to please people. That, that, that's why you have to watch the relationships that you allow in your life because it's a lot easier for someone to pull you down than it is for you to, for, for them to, for you to lift them up. 
Make sure that your relationships are with people, especially if you're single in the house. Your relationships, don't missionary date. Like, if you want to be a missionary, go to Puerto Rico. But do not go to your workplace and try to date someone who doesn't love Jesus. Because chances are, you'll be like everybody else that you find in the Scripture. People that, like Solomon, that because he has relationships with people that are not God followers, it drags him down instead of lifting them up. Oh, I'm preaching this morning, everybody. This message will help us because it's something we all do. We compromise our values. We get around people that are telling inappropriate jokes. Even though we know, man, that's our conviction. That's, that's who I used to be. But now, I mean, I'm a, I'm a new creature in Christ Jesus. But immediately, we get around people and we start saying things, laughing at jokes. We start doing all these things. Why? Because we don't want to be like the weird guy on the outside, right? Even though we're adults, now we're, we're, we're still afraid of being that middle school kid left on the outside, not invited to the party. Why? Because we want to be included by people. We value people's inclusion over our own convictions. We compromise our convictions. We do things that, man, that, that's our old life. That's our old world. But now, man, we just, we just we, we have to do things. We have to buy things to impress people we don't even like. Why? Because we, we got to be somebody. Like, we got we to, gotta, we gotta, you know, um, do things above our means. Why? Just because, man, it's what everybody else is doing. I don't want to be the weird guy. I don't want people to think that, you know, we're not, you know, keeping up with the Joneses. So, you know, who are the Joneses anyways? You know, we, one person said we buy things we don't need with money we don't have to impress people we don't even like. <laughs> uh, why? Because people pleasing. Here's another one. You hesitate sharing your faith. One to ten. Do you ever hesitate sharing your faith? You, you are incognito Christian. You're, you're, you're the silent prayer at lunchtime. You're like, I, I, you know, I, I just don't want to offend anybody. You know, that's, that's kind of what the lie of our culture is. You can be a Christian, just don't be a vocal Christian. You can be a Christian, don't, but don't just, you know, keep it separate. Like, keep it in the building on Sunday morning. Don't, don't like, live for God on Monday afternoon at work. Like, don't, don't push your religion on me. Uh, and, and we compromise our faith because of the approval and the opinions of other people around us. And we, we're kind of we're, we're like chameleons. We, we morph from, from one person to another. Like, we're, we're, man, we're really super spiritual here at church. And we're like, praise God, your name, your name. Is, you know, we're like hands lifted. Then we get around, uh, we get around work people. We're like, what's his name again? I don't even know. Uh, why? Because it's just approval, approval, approval. Uh, here's another one. You have a hard time saying no. You have a hard time saying no. In the inside, you're like, no. Someone has to do, no, no, no. But on the outside, you're like, yes! I would love to do that. And the truth is, you lying through your teeth. But you don't want to disappoint anybody. We think, is it even Christian to say no if someone asks for help or asks for something? Something wants some of my time or wants some of my energy. And we, 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 again, we vacillate in our lives and we hurt the people we love the most because we can't say no and because we, we, we're trying to please people. We have an ego that says, affirm me, like me, approve me, love me, tell me I'm beautiful, tell me I'm somebody, tell me I'm successful, tell me I have it all together, tell me I'm loved. And we live our lives trying to be approved by everybody. And it's Father's Day. We, we, we Many times we, we try to be approved by our family, approved by people, and we live our lives for the approval of people. But I want to give you a truth today. If you're taking notes, simply this, one of the greatest truths about our emotions and our feelings is simply this becoming obsessed with what people think about you 
is the quickest way to forget what God thinks about you. I want to say that one more time. This will set somebody free. Becoming obsessed. And that's what some of us are. We get obsessed about what people think about us. Nothing's wrong with, with, with living a life and with the perception and understanding of people around us. But when you're obsessed with what people think about you, it's the quickest way to forget what your God thinks about you in your life. The scripture says this in Proverbs 29, 25, that the fear of man... Is will prove to be a snare. Could you say that word with me? A snare. But whoever trusts in the Lord will be kept safe. The, the writer of Proverbs says, understand this, the fear of man, when we live our lives fearing people, fearing what people could do to us, not sharing our faith because of fear of people, not living our lives by convictions because of people, when, when we live our lives overly sensitive about what people think about what we say, what we look, we do this. In, in our culture today, uh, social media is an instant outlet for our feelings. Many people I see often take whatever bad day they're having or whatever question they have or whatever feelings they're feeling and they immediately put it out on social media. They kind of vent their day or they take a, people do it in various different ways. But it's like I can see the inside motivation and the inside motivation is simply this. I don't feel good about me. Could you affirm me? Could you help me know that I'm important? Could you help me know that I'm special? And they put it out online to be affirmed by other people. But the scripture says, if you're living your life for the affirmation of people, it's a snare. The word snare there, I rhymed every time. The word snare is the word mokesh. Could you say that with me? Mokesh. Makes me sound real educated when I say that, Mokesh. Um, and and, and uh, come on up here. Come on up here, man. Come on up here. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, get, come on. Get up here fast. The word Mokesh is a hook that they would put in a animal's or specifically a pig's nose. So I have a hook that I'm going to... No, I don't have a hook that I'm going to put in your nose. I thought I would spare you of the hook in the nose, right? But, but I think the, the picture is so... so um, just helpful. It was helpful for me as I was studying this week. It, it says simply this, the fear of man, if you're going to go to school and live your life based on the approval of your peers and everybody else around you and trying to go to all the parties and trying to be somebody and try, living your life being obsessed with what people thinks about you, the scripture says this, you will have a snare in your life. You'll have a rope tied to you. And even though you want to serve God, even though you want to go this direction and you want to serve God, if you're living your life by the fear of man, every time you try to go serve God, here's what the enemy's going to do. As he pulls that way, the enemy's going to be like, oh, no, 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 no. I, I, want you to, I want you over here because this is where you're going to get your affirmation. And you try to go serve God and you try to live for God and then you go to school and then that one person that you really like, they, they give you that affirmation and before you know it, you're back over this place again. And the enemy, I believe, many times leads us around in our feelings by the snare of the fear of man. That the more we want to serve God, but we just live our lives in this vacillated state. We come to church on Sunday and we serve God and then we go to work on Monday and we get involved in those inappropriate things that are against our convictions. And before you know it, the enemy keeps us at a place where we never intended to go because we're living our lives with the mokesh in our nose. 
We're living our lives with, with, with a snare around our neck being led by everywhere. Oh, affirm me. Tell me I'm good. Tell me I'm beautiful. Tell me I'm somebody. Just everywhere we go. And the enemy knows this so he can lure us with the mokesh, with the snare in the fear of man. Every time you're being pulled, every time you're not doing what you know on the inside God's called you to do, what is happening? There's a mokesh around you that says, oh, I have to please these people when I go to work and I have to please these people when I go to school and I have to put these pictures online so that I can get that affirmation from these people. And all the while our God is there in the background simply saying this, I love you and if you would listen to who I say you are, you wouldn't have to vacillate trying to be pulled around by the perceptions of people man we all deal with this see pleasing people I believe is one of the greatest idols in a Christian's life it's one of the greatest limiters in our life see if you're a parent and your main goal is to please your children they may like you today but they'll never respect you tomorrow I know parents that do that. I just want to be my kid's best friend. I always say that's for later, not right now. Because as a parent, we have to make decisions that are not going to be popular. I feel like I make those decisions every single day. But I don't want my kids to like me. I want my kids to respect me. And I want them most of all to have a life that serves God and lives for God and loves him, loves God, loves us, loves his church. That's like that's what I that's what I want. And it's not gonna happen just because I please them every if you're gonna be a leader on your campus, if you're gonna be a leader in school, understand this. You can't make a difference unless you are different. You can't make a difference if you're like everybody else. You can't make a difference if you're doing what everybody else is doing and going where everybody else is going and, and drinking what everybody else... If you're just living your life as a chameleon, you'll never make a difference unless you are different. And, and nobody's going to understand and not everybody's going to approve of you, but that's okay. That's what I'm trying to preach to you today. Don't live a, an emotional roller coaster of life. Say, oh, I got to please these people, and then I got to please these people. You'll wake up one day and you'll realize I've lived my life being pulled around, and I've never arrived in the place that I know God's called me to live. If you're going to be a leader in business, understand this that we can't lead people if we need people. Now, I don't mean need people like we. Like we need people to work with and help. And I'm not talking about being a lone ranger. But simply this. Some people need people. That, that their greatest need. They use people because they think people are going to be the answer to every problem in their life. And you know what? There's going to be things and decisions that you and I are going to have to make that people don't understand. But we're not living for the approval of people. We're living for the approval of God. Amen. See, it's idolatry because... It's putting other people's opinions over the opinion of Christ in our lives. So how do we deal with it? How do we overcome it? How do we overcome the disease to please? If you're taking notes, I wish you'd take some notes with us today because this will help you. This will be something that's going to help us every day to make decisions, to choose, to not be pulled around by our emotions, but to choose to live from the affirmation of Christ. Here's the first thing. Focus on pleasing God instead of pleasing people. Let it be your focus. What are you focused on in your life? Like, what's your focus this week? Is it to please people? I would encourage you, let your focus be on pleasing God. Uh, Paul writes in Galatians 1.10 this. He says, obviously, I'm not trying to win the approval of people. 
says, well, I, I'm not trying to do that. But, but if pleasing people were my goal, I wouldn't be Christ's servant. So it's this dichotomy. You can't please God and please the crowd. Or if I can say it like this, you can't live for the audience of one and also live for the approval of the crowd as well. Because there will be things that the crowd will not approve of. But if you could see the audience of one. Like, do you understand that if we could peel back eternity right here in this room right now, there wouldn't be a crowd of people that would be your peers and co-workers and even each other. There's, a, there's an audience in this place for all of us. And if we could peel back eternity, there would be a God, a, our one God on the throne. And he's the audience that we're living for. And I don't know about you, but I want him to be the one... That's doing this for us. That's what, I'm looking, that's what I'm living for. At the end of this life, I want to hear Jesus say, Well done, thou good and faithful servant. But many times we can't live for that well done if we're living for the well done of everybody else in the world today. He says, Hey, I'm not trying to please people. I'm, I'm trying to please God. See, I have good news today and bad news. And I'll start with the bad news. Here's the bad news. You can't please everybody. You can't. You can't please everybody. That may even be good news. You can't please everybody. If you wear blue, some people love blue. Come on, go cats, go UK. Some people, no, I didn't get any love for that, you know? So you say, go big orange. There's some people, they like that, right? You, you say, go Indiana. My wife would, would you know, I married somebody from, which is our uh, arch nemesis, Kentucky, Indiana, and I brought her to God's country and got saved. And we spent all the holidays in Indiana, and they all buy me Indiana stuff, and I buy them all Kentucky stuff. And the point is, no matter what you do, not everybody's going to approve of you. You, you, you choose to drive a certain car. Some people are going to like it. Some people are going to hate it. You choose to do things a certain way. Some people are going to love it. And some people are going to hate it. Like if you are living your life, I just want somebody to get a revelation today. You can't please everybody at work. You can't please everybody in your family. You can't please everybody at school. You're never going to live your life where everybody in the crowd is going to think well of you. Jesus says, beware if everybody's giving you the hand clap and everyone's saying you're doing well. Because why? Because we can't every time we get focused on pleasing people we miss our value in God so simply this live your life like let's live it for the approval of God so here, here's the truth here's the, so the bad news is I can't please everybody here's the good news can't please everybody if you're taking notes I can please God like like you can't please everybody like you can try you can work you can strive you can't please everybody but here's the good news you can please God Every person in this place, you can choose to live your life. You can choose to wake up every single morning and say, God, I'm not living today for the approval of people. I'm not trying to purposely offend people. But God, at the end of this day, I want to lay my head on the pillow and say, I please God. Like I've lived my life not for people, but I've lived my life to please God. This will set your emotions free. Because no longer do you have to ride the roller coaster of what everybody else thinks about you. You see, you're not the audience of this sermon. There's a God who's the audience of this sermon. And everybody could say, oh, great job, great sermon, Brandon. But if God doesn't say, good job, you followed me, you did what I, t what I told you to do, nothing else matters. And I think many times we get intoxicated with the, like the affirmation of people that we don't ever 
get the real affirmation, the true affirmation on the inside, and that's the one we need from God. So if someone, maybe the word for you today is, if you, it's, it's going to be hard. But maybe that means you need to take a break from, from, from if you're just intoxicated with social media and with the opinion, maybe you need to take a break. I don't know, maybe you need to take a moment, take a step back and say, God, where am I getting my affirmation from? And, and, and let God speak to you, like open his word and pray. And I promise he's going to tell you who he is. He's going to tell you how much he loves you. But, but we live our lives, one of the ways I think that we try to please people instead of please God is God tries to take people out of our lives many times and we want to hold on to them. Why? Because we're so terrified of not having the affirmation of that person in our lives. God's trying to take them out because their space in the story, their place in our story is over, but we're so focused on people that we can't let them go. Do you know every relationship is a temporary relationship except for our relationship with God. Enough time goes by and the Lord, he tarries his return. Every relationship, every person that you know right now, even your own family that you love so dearly and my family that I love so dearly, there'll be a day where I will be without my boys or my boys will be without me and my wife and we'll, we'll, there'll be a day on this side of heaven. Every relationship's a temporary relationship instead of our relationship with God. So, so here's the goal, steward that time well. And hold people loosely. I got thinking this week about the story of Ruth and Naomi and Ruth's sister-in-law, Orpah. And if it's a wonderful story to read. It's so poetic and, and just a beautiful story. But the thing that stuck out to me so much is Naomi, after a tragedy in her life where her, her husband and both of her sons died, one of her daughter-in-laws named Orpah, she, um, she literally walked out of Naomi's life in a bad season. And the Bible says she kissed her goodbye. Literally, that's what it says, kissed her goodbye. And then Ruth, on the other hand, that's what, why we have the book of Ruth. Ruth actually clung to Naomi and says, wherever you go, I'm going to go. Like, I'm, gonna, I'm with you to the end. And the thing that impressed me so much with Naomi is she didn't live her life mourning the one who left. But she embraced the one who God had, had brought with her along the journey. And I think some of us, we can't move forward because we mourn the people that have walked out of our lives and we let those feelings be the, the controlling feelings in our lives instead of letting them go. I wrote this in my notes. If people can walk away from you, let them walk. If people can walk away from you, let them walk. Don't try to talk one more person into staying with you, staying attached to you, staying working for you, being around you. If they can walk out of your life, let them walk. Because our destinies are not tied to the person who left. It's not that they're a bad person. I wrote this down. It's not that Orpah was a bad person in the story. It's just that Orpah's part in the story was over. And we have to... To live, we have to be content and complete enough in God that God can bring people in and bring people out and we could still be emotionally healthy. Why? Because God is on the throne and He's on our side. And He's the one that's ordering our steps. I don't know if anybody needed that today. I know I need that. That, that we can live our lives with, with, with hands clenched so tightly to people that we don't ever let them free to, to, to be and to do what God's called them to do instead of saying, okay, I'm not pleasing people. I'm here to please God. Here's the second thing. Musicians, you could come live from the approval of God 
So, so live from the approval of God instead of for the approval of people. So our life comes from God's approval instead of for everyone else's approval. See, when you live your life for everyone else's approval, it's, hey, look at me. Hey, look at this thing that I did. Hey, hey, hey over here, I'm amazing. Look, hey, I wrote this thing. It's really, really good. Hey, I got an A. Hey, I, I'm really important. Hey, I got a lot of things. I got a lot of stuff. I've been really successful. Hey, look at me. Look at me. I'm really important. I'm really special. And, and everywhere we go, we're living our lives, kind of touting our own resume, saying, hey, please, somebody tell me. I'm beautiful. Somebody tell me I'm special. But when we live our lives from the fact that we've already been approved by God, it, you know what? Sure, it hurts whenever people walk away. Sure, it hurts when people say negative things about us. Sure, it hurts when things happen that we don't understand. But when we know we've been approved by God, we cannot be rejected by people because we've already been approved. I told this last night at the Saturday night experience. And uh, a few months ago, we were at our house and our oldest, um, well, both of our boys were playing in their bedroom and we had just recently set up the bunk beds and Kara's like, I don't think we should put the bunk beds up. Like, what if they get hurt? And I'm like, no, they'll be fine. Should have listened to my wife, right? That's worth the whole sermon right there. Like, <laughs> should do a ser- series, should have listened to my wife. And I can tell you all the things I should have listened to her. So we're, we're, in, the, we're in the living room and I hear this, gadoosh, this slam. And then the crying, right? And it, it was the real cry. You know, if you're a parent, you know the difference between the fake cry and the, it was a real cry. So um, my wife runs in the room and we run in the room and, and uh, she looks at him and holds him in her hand and there's blood and she... She says, Brandon, he doesn't have any teeth. And he had hit his, his teeth on his wooden bunk bed and had knocked his two front teeth out. <laughs> he was just, he was tore up, which we were tore up too. We were like, are we terrible parents or what, you know? And, uh, but like when I composed myself, I said, oh man, you're, you look so cool. Like those teeth, you look awesome. I mean, what, what, what other kid has two missing front teeth, you know? And he's like, you know, crying. He's like, thanks, Dad. <laughs> so he went to school the next day, you know? And uh, I picked him up, and he said, Dad, he said, um, everybody at school, he said, Dad, he said, one, one of my friends at school, he said, he told me that my teeth look weird. And he said, but I told him, he said, I already told him, he said, my dad says it's really cool. So that's what I told him, and it's cool, right, dad? <laughs> and, and, and that little boy, is that not what happens to us in life? People come at us with what we're not, with, with, with our mistakes, with all those things, and it's like our life's defined by all those things. But the voice of the Father comes over us. And, and it's not that it stops the other voices or the negativity, but the voice of the Father says, I love you. It's going to be all right. 
And I don't know what you're facing. I don't know what you're going through. But, but I, I just want you to know what your daddy says about you. Your worth is not based on what other people think about you. But your worth is based on what your father says about you. And let that be where your life comes from. Not for the approval of people. So who are we? 2 Corinthians 5.17 says you are a new creation in Christ Jesus. The old has passed away and the new has come. Ephesians 1.17 says you are forgiven and your sins are washed away. It doesn't matter what the devil says about your past. It's been washed away. Romans 8.37 says you are more than a conqueror through Christ. Ephesians 2.10 says you are God's masterpiece. Matthew 5.14 says you are the light of the world. Romans 8.7 says you are filled with the same spirit that raised Jesus. Jesus Christ from the dead. Romans 8, 17 says, You are a joint heir with Christ Jesus. 2 Corinthians 5, 20, You are Christ's ambassador. 2 Corinthians 5, 21, You are the righteousness of God in Christ. And Romans 1, 7 says, You are greatly loved by God. Church, you have been affirmed by your almighty Father. It's Father's Day. It's Father's Day. And I think one of the biggest risks that God ever took was to represent himself with the word father. Because I'm a father. And I'm a sure and perfect father. I, I pray all the time, God, let, let, let these boys, I, I, let them not see this imperfect father. But God, let me somehow be a reflection of you and so I don't know how Father's Day hits you it hits on so many different places if you had a great dad I mean this may be the best like day of the year for you but I've had people already tell me this weekend what's this is the worst this is the worst holiday all year long because we all we all it hits us in different ways but see let's take our attention and let's put it today on our Heavenly Father like we're going to sing this song right now again about the reckless love of God. And do you know that's for you? That, that he left the 99 and he'd do it again just for you. In other words, it, it's, it's, you, you are worthy. You are deserving. Your past does not stop God's love for you. What someone else has done to you does not stop the value that, that your father has in your life. So let's stop walking out of this place saying, approve me. Tell me I'm special. Tell me I'm somebody. And let's let our God tell us how special we are and how important we are in his presence. Let's stand all over the house. Let's sing it together. Oh, the 